Welcome back, everybody, to the Mighty Thor podcast. I'm Ed. I'm Terry. And uh, we're putting together another show for you guys. This is episode 30. We've got on tap to talk about Mighty Thor, the 1966 volume, issues 144 and 145. And the third book that we're doing is Thor, the 2011 volume, issue 5. Um, we'll be sure to bring that up again because we are a spoiler podcast. Uh, that way, you guys that may not have read that most recent issue of Thor, you know, we'll give you a little heads up uh, that we're going to spoil it. That way you know. Otherwise, I think uh, now we will start with Mighty Thor 1966 volume issue 144. And we're not going to announce spoiler because you should have read it by now. Well, yeah, I mean, we are a spoiler <laughs> podcast, but... Was... I'm just saying, we say that every time. So I just thought I would throw it back in there again. It's because I like to think that every podcast is somebody's first. I know. I have no idea if that's true, but... There you go. This this issue, 144, starts with um, a full cover of Thor grasping for a green tool, weapon, implement that is in someone's hand. All you see is the hand and the huge green weapon tool. Yeah, it looks like... Some Looks like of a scepter of some scepter sort to or me. Scepter or a rod mm-hmm. or, yeah. You can't see, like, beneath the hand, so you don't know if it's, like, just part of a staff or something longer. Right. But Right. Yeah. And this is the one you've been waiting for, according to Stan Lee. That's what he has on the cover. This battleground earth. And if you remember where we left off from our last, and if you this is your first, then go back and pick up at least the last <laughs> one so you'll remember. know this story arc. Um, when we left off, the um, Enchanters... <laughs> had sent one, there's a, it's a, it's a trio of brothers, one had gone to Asgard to challenge Odin to become like the, the most powerful figure, the all-father figure. He wanted to surpass, surplace him, and, and so he went there. The other two went to Earth to find Thor, and Balder and Sif were also on Earth to, to uh, find Thor and to do something. So we have two enchanters going to Earth and one going to Asgard. And that's where this one opens up, and that's why you just can't wait to see what's going on because they left you high and dry hanging. Now, Balder and Sif came to Earth because they knew the enchanters were going to be there, yes. right? Yes, yes. Um, they didn't just come to visit him. No, Odin like sent them to warn him. About the enchanters? About something, about some kind of uprising. Hmm, okay. Okay. So... And they tell you that two of the three evil enchanters have landed upon one mortal planet to destroy the mighty Thor, whilst the third has dared enter Asgard to challenge the reign of Odin himself. But Balder the Brave and the stunning Sif have managed to reach Thor first, bringing him a warning. Therefore, thou hast been most completely clued in, according to Stan. And this is Stan the Manly and Jack King Kirby, Vincent Coletta, and Sam Rosen. Our usual suspects, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we open up, and where we left off, Balder and Sif have just found Thor, and they are telling him everything that's going on, that uh, the Enchanters have come, and just that they've been pros- prophesied that they would one day strike at Asgard. You know, one's going to strike at Asgard, and the other two are going down to see if they can take out Thor. And they are deciding that it doesn't matter how powerful they are, that they are going to fight for Asgard as normal, and that they will be the victors because that's always their battle cry. And they see out the window there's a strange glow, and they go, and and Thor is like, well, the the enchanters have found us. We don't have to go find them. And it's a glowing face 
in the shape of the living talisman, telling them that they cannot hide from the enchanters. And Thor bravely says, well, we weren't trying to hide. Where are they? And the, the face says, well, you're, you're foolish because you don't have the power to beat the enchanters. And Thor's like, I'll show you some power. And throws his uh, mallet <laughs> at it. And I of got course, your power. I got your power right here. <laughs> so he throws it and it, and it dissipates the uh, image, the shimmering light. And they decide, well, now it's time to go find the actual enchanters. And meanwhile, the enchanters who sent out the shimmering light kind of as a, a sniffing dog say, well, okay, now we've located our prey and we know where they are. So now it's time to go take care of them. They're, they, are surrounded by humans, of course, because they're on Earth and they look strange. They look like they're from Mardi Gras, as one of the police say. So they are kind of hypnotizing, doing something mystical to the people to get them back out of their way so that they can go after Thor. And as they start to go, they see here comes Thor and Sif and Balder, and they're fighting for Asgard, and the Enchanters are just fighting because they're going to win. I wonder if they um, transported those humans or if they killed them all or, or what they did with them. You, you can't really tell. No, I just assumed that it was because they were talking about um, mesmerized mortals. Mm-hmm. Back, we do say. Well, they, so I just assumed that they were kind of hypnotizing them and pushing them back with, with an energy ray and that they were kind of still there, but they were... Out of it. Farther away. They were out of it and farther away. Well, they, they used a thing called a simple ring of demon mist. Mm-hmm. We do clear there. But it does, and, and the way that the energy is drawn by Kirby and everything, you can't really tell. The humans could have been just vaporized. No, I think they're just passed out. They just yeah. cleared the, physically mm-hmm. moved them or physically made them Physically moved move. them and, and, okay. and kind of made them not all there okay. to get out of the way. And so they... and. So they meet up on the street. It's like, okay, yeah, there you go. And then High noon, yeah. So then we switch over to Asgard, where Odin is watching some combatants and and telling them that they're doing a good job and that they've both earned the proud mantle of Imperial Gladiator. It's kind of like games he's watching. You know what this was? This was the first MMA meet, right? There you go. That's what that MMA was. MMA on Asgard. That's, that's what it is right there, man. So, and others are in the crowd are, are hollering about, we wish Thor was here, and he would really test the metal of the winners, and, and we could see whether or not they were really powerful. And while this contest is going on, a huge sinister figure appears that looks kind of like a wrestler and says, make way for the power of the living talisman. And Odin is like, I know who you are. Speak, arrogant one. Let me see what you have to say. And he shoots him with his ray because he wants this, what he calls just a a, a carrying case kind of for the uh, for the enchanter. It's kind of he has transformed himself into this wrestler. And he wants that to go away because he wants to talk to the actual master of the medallion. He wants to talk to the actual enchanter. So he does that, and the enchanter comes out of the mist of and fog of the ray, hitting this. Um, kind of like he was wearing an illusion. Yeah. And Odin's magic dissipated. Dissipated the, the illusion, illusion, and the enchanter and is standing there. He he looks the way he he really he normally is. does. Yeah. Yeah. So the enchanter and Odin talk some smack to each other, and the enchanter's <laughs> like, "I want to battle you, 
But I want to battle you without any of my mystical powers. I want to show you that my power is greater than your power, but you have to drop all your additional power. So Odin's like, well, okay, because I'm more powerful than you. Oh, and, and the prize is the Odin sword. That's what the enchanter wants. He wants the Odin sword. So they talk some smack and, and agree that they're going to drop any of their additional powers and see which, which one of the two of them with just their natural powers is the ruler. Because whoever comes out the victor and lives is the ruler. Now we'll switch back to Earth. And our mighty trio of Baldur, Thor, and Sif are giving the Asgard battle cry and going after the two enchanters. Well, the two enchanters cause the Earth to shift and cause Baldur and Sif to fall away. And a piece of the earth breaks itself free like an island, and it has the two enchanters and Thor on it. And it begins rising up in the air so that bits, so that Balder and Sif, Biff, Balder and Sif. So that Biff and Buffy are left on the yeah, street. Yeah, I started to say Biff. I was just combining the two. Are left down there, and they're like, don't leave without us, Thor. You need us to back you up. And Thor's like, no, I can handle it. I'm good. You know how he is. He's so arrogant. Well, not that he could have stopped it. I know. I mean, it, you know, I know. Not the th- only way well, to... he could have jumped off, I guess, is well, what they were saying. You can jump off, come down here, and then they'll come down to get yeah. all three of us because the, the they want you. He could have stopped the island is to defeat the enchanters, which is what he's trying right. to do anyway. So it's right. like, well. <laughs> and, and Thor's like, I got it. Don't worry about it. Come on. Come on, bring it. So the enchanters bring it, and they're battling. It's, it's, a, it's a great image of the island kind of earth kind of floating up in the air, and you've got these three combatants trying to stay on it, fighting each other. So um, Thor, of course, is, is using his um, power and his hammer and striking for Asgard once again. And as he strikes, the enchanter turns into this pulsating energy that keeps the mallet enclosed in it so that it can't move. So Thor, who won't let go of the hammer, is kind of stuck there, pulling on the hammer. So the other enchanter is behind him, getting ready to smack him upside the head with his mace. He does. He and does he does. Smite Thor he a mighty blow. He smites Thor a mighty blow, and there's a half page of Thor falling back from the smiting. Uh, the To me, the image... Uh, it was described as being energy that the other looks like fire. It looked like he like encased himself in like lava, molten mm-hmm. rock. Mm-hmm. And then what it, you know, what it looks like is Thor hit him with the hammer and the, it, it, the hammer kind of got stuck in the, in the molten rock. And then the rock started like forming around the hammer to, uh, to like absorb it as, as part of his body or something mm-hmm. is the way that the images are drawn. And if there hadn't been any text, that's, That's what, what I would have thought sure. was going on yeah. rather than striking a, a massive energy and the energy holds it, you know. So mm-hmm. just to <clears throat> give you guys a little bit better idea of the, the imagery that they're using here, it's interesting that we've seen Kirby do energy, and he does it all through this book, but this particular uh, couple panels looks more like molten lava mm-hmm. uh, than it does energy. Like. It doesn't look anything like the face outside the window. Yeah. That no. looked like vaporish. Energy. Yeah, that looked like a vaporish energy. This looks more solid. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. So, I, I, you know, it, it's. I wonder if if when he was drawing, that's kind of what he was thinking, you know, what, what would cause this hammer to get stuck and not mm-hmm. leave. And so that's what he drew. But yet the, the writing side, whoever mm-hmm. wrote this particular scene, wrote it as being energy. And so you perhaps have a, a 
verbal description and a uh, visual description that maybe don't, mm-hmm. you know, the two people didn't have the same image in mind when they were they were on the same page looking at it or something. Yeah, yeah. I think weren't on the same. Page. Yeah. So. And the next um, set of panels shows you that the island of Earth is still rising up because now we're in space. And they are still battling. That great blow to Thor has kind of left him hanging off the side of the island, dangling. Yes. And the two enchanters now think that they have won, that they don't have to worry about Thor anymore, that all they have to do is just finalize the uh, the death, sort of. And he's still talking smack, hanging off. And they're talking smack and getting ready to hit him. They're going to send him to Valhalla. And Thor's like, yeah, sure, right. Go ahead. Give me your best shot. And so he does. He smacks him, but Thor manages to avoid that blow. He kind of swings over a little bit on when he's hanging off, and he misses that blow. Thor, Thor says, what? Hit me with your best shot? Uh-huh. Fire away? Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. And he grabs the man by, by the ankle that had just given that blow and flings him off of the island. So he's out floating into space yep. now there because they can float. They have self-levitation. Uh, it's not like he sent, he sent him to his death like they were trying to do Thor because they can levitate. Thor cannot. I mean, if you're going to defy the laws of gravity, just, yeah, just go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, yeah, just do just it. Just go ahead. So the other is what was the mass of energy that we think looks like molten lava, the other enchanter. So he has turned back into his true form and still has the, the hammer in his hand. So Thor grabs the handle of the hammer, and and he and the enchanter kind of helps him pull himself back up onto the rock because he says he deserves a second chance to be killed. So he's like, "Come on, come on up here, and I will do away with you." Thor didn't say anything about having to get the hammer within a certain. I know of time. through this whole time, Thor has not said the sixty-second rule, yeah. and it hasn't come into play. And I'm I'm trying to just believe that this whole fight is not taking longer than the 60 second yeah, roll. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's it's all pretty you, fast, but, I guess. But, you know, it's interesting because usually they make it some dramatic, oh, yeah. now I have to. Yeah, but and it, they don't even mention yeah, it. Yeah, it wouldn't even Well, I guess here. he's in enough trouble here. Uh, yeah. They don't need to add drama. They don't need to add drama. He's in enough drama. So the enchanter who has hold of the hammer says he is going to reverse the Uru power of the hammer and cause it to glow with the heat of a million suns. And then he throws it out because he knows the magic of the Uru hammer. He knows that it's going to come back to Thor. And so does Thor. And Thor says, I can't catch this hammer like it is now because it will kill me. It will burn me to bits. So he ducks and avoids the hammer and it flies past him. So now he has but scant seconds before the hammer comes back again to try to beat the enchanter because we find out right here that if he can beat the Enchanter, then the Enchanter's magic goes away. No one's told us this before. That's just that just the defeat of the Enchanter makes all the magic go away. So his hammer will return to normal. But yes. what else? The island, island will, will now plummet to the back earth. Back to the earth. Yes. <laughs> so so okay. he he and the there's a there's a full page here of Thor holding down the Enchanter that he currently has on this little island, getting ready to crush him because he knows that this is his last chance. And we see the other enchanter who is self-levitating, who has been thrown off of the island, watching and giving kind of a commentary on the whole battle. (laughs) 
he's the he's uh, like the color man. Or yeah, he, he's the ringside announcer yeah. for the for the fight. But it's it's a lo- <laughs> it's a beautiful full page of of Thor battling an enchanter and the hammer flying around on fire, trying to get back to him. <clears throat> and then in just seconds, he manages to to defeat the enchanter. The hammer automatically goes back to normal, and Thor catches it as it comes back around to him. Then he starts beating up on the other enchanter who had been self-levitating. I guess he gets back close enough to where Thor can reach him. And he starts bludgeoning him, trying to defeat him. And he turns into a waft of misty phantom while he's trying to um, hit him with the hammer. And then he turns into a mist of smoke that's kind of clingy. And it, and it, Thor says, it's like it's adhering to me. It's enveloping me. It's smothering my lungs if I don't get... If I can't find him in this mist of darkness, then I am going to be defeated. I have to find him and defeat him before this gets me. So that means Brona was inside Thor. Yeah, in his lungs. Because that's what the mist is. It's Brona. So he's trying to defeat this mist so that it will magically go away because we have learned that the magic leaves once they're defeated. So now we go back to Asgard where Odin and the third enchanter are getting ready to battle. They have decided that they will rid themselves of all power and they have decided that they will um, battle each other just upon their own strength. So Thor pulls out the scepter, Thor, I'm sorry, Odin pulls out the scepter of power, grasping one end of it and gives the other end to the other enchanter and tells him, you grasp the other end of this, We, whoever ends up with this scepter in their hand alone will be the winner. Is it is it Native Americans that I've seen kind of do something like this? Oh, I don't know. I've not seen this. They'll bind their wrists oh, together yeah. by and, and, they'll and fight with fight knife fight. Apaches used to do that on um, okay, one like OK Corral or something. Yeah, the, some show uh, yeah, I used to watch. A, a leather mm-hmm. thing bound, not mm-hmm. like together together, but there's like uh, two feet of cord there or something, and, and that that keeps way them your that your close. opponent can't go away, can't get away just because he's scared. Right. Yeah, and then they'll they'll knife fight. I, I yeah. wonder if if whatever method that is, if that's kind of what they're playing on with mm-hmm. both of them grasping this scepter, it's, um, you know, it's probably two feet long mm-hmm. and both of them are holding on to opposite ends. Uh, they don't, it doesn't necessarily show them like, you know, moving around fighting, holding mm-hmm. onto it, but that's how the battle starts. Mm-hmm. So once they do that and they agree to drop all other powers and that happens and they start the battle, the power of the scepter seems to shake the very universe. And you have a couple of panels, a couple, three panels that show, um, like, rocks exploding and, and atmosphere exploding and fire happening and lava happening. So apparently what they're doing is causing all of nature, as much as Asgard has nature, um, to kind of erupt because of the power of what they are doing. Yeah, I guess the, and they fly off into space as they are fighting. The power that they're like just, the energy, I guess, they're just throwing at each other uh-huh. is is uh, as a, a way of, I guess, telling you how much it is. It's doing all this destruction, mm-hmm. uh, even though And they're, as they're flying they through know. space, they're, they're flying through planets and they're destroying planets yeah. and stuff as they're doing this. And because they have both denied all the, all the other powers... Anyone associated with them no longer has power. So that means the Asgardians do not have their special powers. The other two enchanters don't have any of their special powers either. So we go back to Earth. They're flying through the air. 
Odin and the Enchanter flying through the air fighting. We go back to Earth, and there is Baldur and Sif worried about Thor. And Baldur's like, well, take us to him. And Sif's like, I can't. I, I, I am drained of power. I don't know why, but it, I just don't have it. So we can't go find him. Yeah, she can do that teleporting, teleporting thing. Teleporting thing. Yeah. And here we find out that... Um, Baldur's falling in love with Sif. Yeah. Because Sif is crying about Thor on his shoulder, and he is feeling things that he says he should not feel because she is Thor's woman. And why they bother to tell us that, I'm not quite sure yet, but I'm sure we'll find Um, out later. probably use it somewhere. So up in the air, the island, with the two enchanters who have been apparently defeated but not killed, there's a difference. Apparently, you just have to defeat them to make the mystical powers go away. But you don't really have to kill them because they're both still alive. But they both don't that none of the three have powers anymore, just like we've just said. And the island starts falling back down to the earth because it is no longer enchanted because all the power is gone. So they're falling back to the earth. They've decided, well, we can just fight with the power that we have left because we still have our... What is to us superhuman power yeah, just because of who they are. They're normal Asgardian yeah. strength yeah. And, and their and ability the to fight. Strength, and the you know, because yeah. they're big, strong dudes. Well, so the, they decide to fight. The well, Enchanters are Asgardian, too. Oh, okay. So they would have that that racial Yeah. Uh, so stuff. they decide they're going to fight anyway, and, and they're like, well, Thor, there's just one of you and two of us, and with our natural powers, you know, we can defeat you, and Baldur and Sif jump up on the island as it's coming down closer to earth and say no you've got us too so now it's three against two instead of two against one so they are fighting for asgard once again how about the i'm waiting for somebody to say tis but a scratch tis but a scratch yes so they they battle there are several good panels of battle that in this you know where they're fighting back and forth and and they finally defeat them and Sif, like it says, it has ended, my lord. The enchanters are defeated. The victory is yours. And Thor's like, not as long as Odin is fighting. And we know Odin's fighting because we still don't have our powers back. And if Odin loses, we will never get our powers back. And we will be here forever on Earth. And Thor's like, my brain cannot conceive so shattering a thought. And he wants to return to Asgard to get some answers. And that's the end of this issue. All right. Good stuff. Lots of lots of action. Lots of yeah. Lots of fighting, battle, nimbuses of energy, things whirling, flying around. A lot of uh, kinetic kind of happenings mm-hmm. that uh, very exciting. Kirby was able to draw this issue, and and he did. I mean, he took mm-hmm. every opportunity to show you speed and the power of things and and things like that. Mm-hmm. So very exciting issue. And and if you if you think that recently has kind of changed because there were issues where you know Thor was walking around a lot or mm-hmm. standing amongst humans a lot or mm-hmm. stuff like that and recently Kirby has taken a hand in plotting the stories so I wonder if he's adding those things that allows him to draw the kind of things that he likes to draw Could be. because there's a lot more actiony pictures mm-hmm. because the story itself is more actiony than say six, eight issues ago. Mm-hmm. So so let's jump right into our next issue so we can see how it goes between Odin and the Enchanter. We go to issue 145. And on the cover of this is um, Thor in street, human street clothes. Street clothes, of, you yeah. know, Just your regular street clothes. And his Thor garb is at his feet. And it says, 
that he is abandoned on earth. So we start out this issue with the two enchanters being turned over to the police because they have no special powers. And Thor's like, here, put them away. Put them away in jail somewhere. And um, if they... If something happens and they, they start to get powers again, call us. We'll, we'll take care of them. We'll be right here, and we'll come get you. And if I'm not available, then just call for Balder and Sif. They'll It'd take care of them. Late, but yeah, it okay. would, but, you know. <laughs> They've already killed eight men. Come and help us. Yeah. So so the police are like, okay, Thor, you know, we'll, we'll trust you because we like you. And, and Sif is saying sweet nothings that she'll be safe as long as Thor's there. And, and Balder's getting all jealous because he's now in love with Sif. And some women are swooning over to the side about Balder going, whoever he is and whatever club he belongs to, because he has that garb on, we want to belong to that club. Apparently, they're finding him quite attractive. Oh, and before we go any further, just so you guys know, this is written by Stanley and Jack Kirby. It was embellished, embellished, which I guess is colored, mm-hmm. colored by Vince Coletta. And then it was lettered by Sammy Rosen. I think all four of those were the same ones for the previous issue. I believe so. I, I think exactly the same ones. Do believe so. So we've left the girls swooning over Balder. Apparently, um, they like the way Kirby draws him. And uh, we go back, we go back to Asgard. I'm assuming these two flying combatants have landed back on Asgard because we're back in the hallowed realm of Asgard, and we see that Odin is the victor. He's standing alone with the scepter in his hand and the enchanters laying on the ground. And he is announcing him perished in the fray and let the world know that that Odin still lives. He grasps the talisman and out of the chest of the enchanter and breaks it into pieces and proclaims he's on a high. He's on a a victory high. And he's kind of um, rampaging about going, I'm the winner, I'm the winner, I'm the winner. You know, like they do at the end of the MMA when they're like jumping up on the side of the octagon and raising their hands. He's kind of doing his own little version of that. And he's saying how great he is and how merciful he is and how he's supreme and his judgment's all, all best. And he decides that the other two enchanters who are in the jail at this time need to be banished. So while the cops are looking in going, what's going on in there? They are being changed into energy, it looks like. It's the same sort of energy look that we get from Kirby before, where they look like balls of flame or something. And and Odin is banishing them to limbo for infinity. You know, if he keeps doing that, there's going to be a lot of people in limbo. And and they'll be able to work together to uh-huh. get out. Yeah, and rise up against him. That's so, probably a future comic book. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, every time we turn around when Odin doesn't want to mess or to punish somebody, mm-hmm. he sends him to limbo. Mm-hmm. And I assume it's the same limbo. I'm assuming. So so the police are like, what are we going to tell the chief? Because our prisoners are now gone. Oh, well. And we go back to Thor and Sif and Balder, and they're talking about um, Thor saying, you know, I want to stay on Earth. That's my, my desire to stay here. If we get stuck here, because right now they're still stuck there because they don't have their powers back yet. And that's okay because I can be Dr. Blake and I can do much good while I'm here. I don't need to go back to Asgard. And and Sif's like, but what about your father's wishes? What about what he wants? And Thor's like, it doesn't matter. I love him, but I know what's best for me. And, and I'll, I'm just, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being his son. I just want to stay here and I want to do good in this other 
And, of course, Odin's hearing all of this, and, and he gets very angry, and it's a beautiful picture of a very red-faced. All you see is his face, and, and it's huge. And he's telling Thor, I'm, I'm sick of hearing it, you rebellious little kid. I'm tired of it. I have vanquished the Enchanter. Asgard is now mine again, and I'm tired of you. And Balder immediately drops to one knee and says, I'm yours. I, I, I'm, I'm yours, Odin. Everything about me is yours to do as you please. And it's just like, yep, Odin, you're the, you're the supreme law. I'm, I'm right there with you. So he pulls both of them back to Asgard because they have showed their loyalty and their allegiance. But Thor, he is sick and tired of because it's like you're my boy and you keep talking crap about me. And I'm tired of you talking crap about me. Your defiance is just a bit too much. So you want to stay on Earth? Fine. Stay on Earth. You don't want to be my son? Fine. You'll stay on Earth without any of your powers, and you will not have anything from me ever again. So be it. He leaves the hammer, but it's lost its enchantment. He leaves the clothes, but they mean nothing now. And Thor kind of just, like, passes out from this. And all the energy sucked out of him. So the maintenance man, the next morning, comes in and finds him there and gets him a glass of water and says, What's wrong, Thor? And he's like, nothing, just, I, 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 he's muttering to himself, I can't become Dr. Blake, so I can't do anything like that. I, I don't have my powers as Odinson, so I can't do anything like that. My mallet has, has lost everything, it's just a hammer now, so I'm kind of stuck. And he kind of just pushes the, the maintenance man away and, and trying to help him and says, go away, just leave me alone. So he goes and he gets in the elevator, and everybody in the elevator is like, is this Thor? What's he doing in the elevator? Huh. And he's thinking about what he's going to do. He's like, you know, I have to, to, to face my new life now. I have to, to deal with the bed that I've made, and I have to go forward, and I have to figure out what I'm going to do. Meanwhile, we cut to a circus scene, and apparently... Thank you for that segue. So we have the ringmaster and the clown and the strongman, and the strongman is laid out on a bed. I can't tell if he's dead or just passed out, but they're talking about how they can't use him anymore. He tried to he tried to lift an elephant. I don't know if trying to lift the elephant killed him or if he's just, like, severely injured here. But apparently they're evil people. They have evilness in mind, and they need the strongman to complete their evilness. So they're talking about who they're going to get to be the strongman. And there's some clown out here. Literally, he's a clown. And they they draw him out and they said, we've got the next person who wants to apply for the job. What some some man, some huge-looking man, looks kind of Hercules-ish, huge, muscled man. And he's doing some of, the, some of the tests that they have for him to see if he can withstand. Well, he can't even withstand the first test, which is to have a human being shot at him with a cannon. So they're wondering what in the world they're going to do. And meanwhile, the python lady has decided, well, my python, who was test two, by the way, if you can fight the python and defeat it, then you, you, you've you passed a test. She says, my pet needs to get out and get some air. So Thor walks on to, I don't know if he has seen that there's a, an ad for a strong man for this circus or what, but he's, he's walking into the circus saying, dressed in this manner, I will not create any undue attention. You know, I've got my hammer with me because I can't bear to part with it. I've carried it forever. So here I go. And all of a sudden, the python starts wrapping around his legs. And he's like, oh, 
my goodness, he said, strength don't fail me now, because he still has his Asgardian strength. And he manages to wrestle the python and break free from its grip. And other people see this, and they're like, oh, this is one of the, look how strong he is. This is one of the tests. He's, he's passing the test. And Thor's like, it's taking all my energy, but I'm managing to defeat this. And the um, princess python, the girl, says, don't hurt my baby. And he's like, I'm not hurting it. I'm just trying to get it to where it's not going to hurt me. Well, she stuns him with a stun gun because she doesn't believe him that he's not going to hurt the python. So when he comes to, he has all these circus people standing around him, the the acrobatics, the, the ringmaster, the clown, and the Princess Python. Yes. Um, just to, to label these guys here, we have Princess Python, we have Ringmaster, we have the Great Gambonos, who later will be called the Great Gambinos. They're the two acrobats. We have the Clown and Human Cannonball. All these guys together are the Circus of Crime, and they originally started out as Avengers villains. But I guess they were Avengers villains at a time that Thor wasn't active with the Avengers, because he obviously doesn't recognize them. Um, you know, because if he did, I mean, look at the way they're dressed. They're yes. always dressed like this. They would be pretty easy to yeah to, to remember. Oh, yeah. Um, Memorable. So... I thought I recognized these guys from Avengers. I think that that may have been where they originally appeared. So here's a group of, of bad guys. You know, there's three, there's six of them. So it makes sense that they would have first appeared in a team book. Mm -hmm. So these are Avengers villains who Thor has stumbled across. And again, apparently they, they fought the Avengers at a time that Thor wasn't active with them. So he, he doesn't realize what, what he's into here he just thinks this is a these are just circus people performers yes. and they're just dressed like that mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. so they, they've picked thor up and said <clears throat> okay we want you to qualify for the strongman job and thor's like what do you mean prove myself and they're like well you sound just like thor and he's like "Ooh, i gotta control myself because i, I don't want anybody to know that i'm actually thor and he's like yes i plan to take the name of thor i even have my own hammer to use in my act and they're like oh well how clever so he throws the hammer and it breaks a, 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 a pole and like it normally would, but not quite as bad because he's like, if I had thrown it with the Thunder God power, it would have reduced it to sawdust. And it doesn't come back to him because there's no enchantment on it. So he has to go pick it back up again. And the ringmaster's like, oh, I like your style. I think we can use you as an act, but you have to, you have to pass all these tests first. And the ringmaster has a hat, a top hat on that has a spinning wheel. And it's a hypnotic wheel, and he manages to hypnotize Thor. And they take him off to pass the final test. And they have a lead model of a golden bull, which is what they're after. They're after the golden bull, which is exactly crafted to be like the real one. It's the same weight, the same size. And they ask Thor in his hypnotized state to go over, pick it up, carry it down the stairs of the platform, platform that it's on and carry it 60 feet and Thor in his hypnotized state goes up and, and does all that and they're marveling because anybody they've had get this far before has not been able to do this they collapse usually going down the steps even their own strong man when we first ran into him he's hurt mm -hmm. and recovering mm -hmm. he hurt himself trying to do part of this so mm -hmm. even their original dude mm -hmm. wasn't able to to do all this do this part of their plan mm -hmm. so so Thor manages to do it successfully, 
they bring him, he, he carries it 60 feet, they go over, they wake him back up so that he doesn't remember a thing, and that is the end of this issue. They tell Thor he has the job as a strongman in the carnival, but they plan on killing him once he does what they want him to do. I, I could kind of dig this Thor being Thor and only basically having the powers that a, a, a native Asgardian would have, mm-hmm. just the strength. That's all they have. They probably have some other stuff. They're probably very resilient. They probably heal a little bit faster, but not like at super speed or anything like mm-hmm. that. So, so now we have Thor on Earth, and he's just an Asgardian mm-hmm. with just a hammer, mm-hmm. just just a war hammer, a fighting. That's all. He, no powers, no flight, no flinging the hammer coming back. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Just a, an Asgardian warrior and his weapon, and that's all it is. That could be. Because that's brand new uh-huh. as far as doing that to him. That could be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, he can't change back into Blake. Blake. So anything associated with Blake is going to, to wither. Mm-hmm. Any relationships, mm-hmm. his um, medical practice, he's not, you know, he probably didn't have time to make arrangements for anybody to, to take patients or watch over it or anything. And so that whole aspect of Blake's life could be destroyed while he is walking around as Thor because he can't go back and forth. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Can't go back to Asgard. You know, so that that has... Uh, it's a whole new story. For yeah, Thor. that has the most potential of anything really I think they have done up to now. And it's something that they really haven't visited yet. So that's, I think that's really, really cool. I liked seeing the um, the circus what were they called Cir- uh, circus of crime I, I remember in uh, reprints reading their appearance in Avengers and I thought they were kind of cool mm-hmm. um, and I know they will appear in Avengers later on because they crashed the wedding of Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic I mm-hmm. believe when they got married uh, which is is after this and they pop up again and then Different characters will pop up here and there. The ringmaster with his hypnotizing disc, I know. He pops up by himself? Mm-hmm. Okay. The um, clown will pop up. Actually, the clown popped up in recent books, like within the last 10 years. The Princess Python mm-hmm. will pop up here and there. Um, you don't see the Gambinos too much. You don't see the human cannonball too much. Uh, you don't see their strongman too much. Yeah. So, but well, he's yeah, proved that himself was... to not be that strong. That well, not as strong as they needed, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that that was kind of cool. I, I I think that may be one of one of my top two or three stories so far of Thor was was that issue because it was different. It was so different, yeah. So coolness. Okay, all right. The third issue we've got lined up is uh, Thor, the 2011 volume issue five. So there's a heads up for all you guys. We're gonna spoiler talk about spoiler. it, spoil it some, and we, let me think, uh, probably not too much in this issue, so it's okay. So I'll, I'll hold that comment because it really doesn't apply. So, okay. Uh, it, 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 uh, something they have started doing, the first actual page of the book is a, is a nifty little recap of the story in, in prose. So they, they catch up on, on everything that's uh, been going on. I'll leave that to you guys to 
read if you get the issue, or you already know because you've been listening to the podcast, of course. But we uh, cut into the story with Silver Surfer and Thor still going at it hard and heavy. Uh, they are on Mars. They started in Earth orbit. Mm-hmm. So now they have... Uh, thrown each other and flung each other and battled each other until they're all the way out on Mars. So they're fighting on the on the Martian surface. And while they're fighting, Odin and Galactus are fighting. Are still in orbit around Earth. Right. They're battling. still right there at Earth. Just, just to catch you back up to who off is fighting um, who. And I guess who? probably all the... Who? A- who? Uh, who? Who, I think. Okay. No, no M. Okay. Uh, they are still fighting. There you go. And all the Asgardians also, I think, are at Earth. Well, we find that somebody came to Mars because mm-hmm. they give them a message. But, yeah, so everybody else basically is around Earth. Silver Surfer and Thor are fighting at Mars. Uh, both of them fighting, in essence, as avatars of their leaders. Mm-hmm. Silver Sur- Surfer as the avatar for Galactus. Thor, of course, as the avatar of Odin. Mm-hmm. So not only are the leaders fighting, but their avatars are fighting as well. So we... We get um, Silver Surfer with his power cosmic, which is what powers him, what gives him all his abilities. And we have Thor with his hammer. And they're, they're just pounding the snot out of each other uh, until such point as Silver Surfer calls in his surfboard. So now we have Silver Surfer with his surfboard and power against Thor with his hammer. Mm-hmm. So the hammer and the surfboard kind of you could say neutralize each other out, which I would think would give Silver Surfer the advantage because he has all the power cosmic. Mm -hmm. But in the midst of their fight, Sif appears all regaled in massive armor, which all the Asgardians are wearing because they have gone to war, uh, to tell them that, uh, you know, you boys need to stop what you're doing because there's something bigger going on over here and over here being Earth. So we cut back to Earth, and we see that Odin and Galactus are still going at it. And if you remember from last episode, the way they were going at it is they were trying to get into each other's mind and convince them of things so that they thought that what was going on in their mind was reality. Mm-hmm. And so they would they would treat that as reality. They would quit fighting. You know, they would become one with their dream and that's all they would know and all that kind of psycho mumble jumble kind of stuff but instead they both know that the other is trying to do it so they recognize they realize what they see in their mind is being caused by the other Mm -hmm. so they're fighting it what's going on in their mind but also they have enough wherewithal i guess to face each other physically and combat each other physically. So both men are fighting each other on two separate fronts mm-hmm. at the same time. So, um, Odin, uh, I think because of desperation, decides that he is going to try to put an end to all of this battling between the two of them. And so basically he bum-rushes Galactus and hits him with a cosmic headbutt that all but knocks both of them out. Mm-hmm. Now, to dramatize, dramatize, yes, to dramatize, dramatize how how major a a blow was struck. Galactus's entire helmet, which 
I don't know necessarily if it's worn for the prettiness or if it's worn also for protection from things or, or why exactly he wears it. But those of you that are familiar with Galactus know how you know big and massive his helmet is. Uh, the blow from Odin just shatters Galactus's helmet. There's nothing left of it. But also in the process, it shatters the head armor that Odin was wearing. So both of them have, have lost their helms because of the blow. Both of them seemingly have been knocked, if not unconscious, they've been stunned rather heavily. And so both of them, because they're not conscious, I guess, uh, enter Earth's atmosphere and start falling to Earth as a result of this blow. Now, back on Earth, we go to the castle-slash-realm of Asgard that uh, we know has fallen to Earth in Kansas, and we see that Volstagg is trying to... The leader of the troops down there. <laughs> ...summon the remaining troops of Asgard, and they are the cast-offs and misfits and those who were too cowardly to go with the main force of Asgardians when they went out to fight Galactus. Mm -hmm. So all these dudes... These are the misfits that Thor and Sif were trying to train back two or three books ago, I think. Right, to be like a standing guard yes. for um, for Asgard. They were not impressed by them. And and again, because they're not necessarily... They're all Asgardians, but they're not the necessarily the warriors Warrior. or the humanoid Asgardians. They're, uh, they're mismatch... Uh, of other races of Asgard and those Asgardians that were too frail or feeble or whatever to actually fight. Mm -hmm. So, yes, so... They're a motley crew. He's trying to rouse them to defend Asgard against the people of Broxton mm -hmm. who are approaching Asgard. Uh, in the midst of all this, we see Loki sneaking around. He just kind of appears because he's got a invisibility cloak that I imagine was one of the three things that the... The witches. The witches, the fates, the furies, mm -hmm. whatever they are, gave him. Uh, and he's using that to kind of sneak around unseen, and we see him unmask himself as he goes on his journey here in the castle somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, the people of Broxton approach Asgard. Ultimately, what they're wanting to do is they're wanting to tell the Asgardians to leave. Go away. All of this <laughs> unhuman stuff we have never seen before has befallen Broxton because Asgard has been here. Mm -hmm. You know, they've never had giants and ogres and trolls walking in their oh, town. Wow. Uh, they've never had crap raining out of the sky, uh, you know, all this stuff. So they're like, look, just go away. We, we appreciate that you're here and thanks for your help, but go because you've just caused us trouble. We just want you to leave. That's all. And interestingly enough, the spokesman for the people of Broxton is a preacher. Mm -hmm. uh, you can probably pretty well consider that he is a conservative uh, Protestant preacher. Mm -hmm. And talking to Volstagg, who is an Asgardian god. Mm -hmm. I think a little bit of irony there. But yes. even more so at the end of the book. Yes. Uh, as they're talking uh, nearby... Odin and Galactus crash into the earth, having fallen from their battle. We cut back to Loki, who now is inside the castle Asgard, and he is somewhere, not exactly sure where, but I believe that where he is is Odin's trophy room. Mm -hmm. Because in one panel, 
there is a huge just picture of Odin up on the wall. And I believe that's why that's there, is to give you some idea of, of where he is. So Loki runs up to the destroyer armor, which looks different than I typically have seen it drawn, but exactly like the destroyer armor from the movie. Yes. So trying to link that up there a little bit. Uh, Loki has the cloak on that has been giving him the invisibility, but he also puts on the gloves made from, were the gloves made from hair? I'm not quite sure if that's why they wanted Sif hair or not. But I don't remember where they... They didn't say. They, they just... Gave it to him. He got three items. They didn't really tell us what they were. We're learning now that it was a cloak that covers him and makes him invisible-ish. Right. And gloves that are apparently going to make him withstand heat. Yeah, so he, he puts the gloves on, and he, he reaches into the destroyer armor. To get the heart. To get the um, world tree seed, world tree heart, which apparently that's where Odin hid it, which mm-hmm. kind of makes sense because yeah. of how nasty the destroyer is. Um, so Loki extracts the seed, activating the destroyer armor, uh, Odin having set it up to protect the seed. Cut back to Earth orbit, uh, the battle. Thor and Silver Surfer are flying to help their leaders. Sif is riding on Silver Surfer's surfboard. She's not riding with Thor. I believe that's telling. Because Thor even makes it a point to glance over at her and sees that she is riding on that surfboard. I don't think he's very happy. So they come to Earth... Silver Surfer attends to Galactus. Thor and Sif attend to Odin. Uh, Odin basically tells them that, forget about me, forget about everything else. It doesn't matter. Make sure that he does not get the seed. Mm -hmm. That's all he's thinking about. Make sure that we retain possession of the seed. Meanwhile, I'm just going to take a nap here. And because of his injuries, he falls Odin falls into the Odin sleep, which is a a, a healing, meditative kind of state that not just Odin, but the ruler of Asgard can do because they wield the Odin force, mm-hmm. which is what is granted. Basically, the Odin force is what makes the king of Asgard the king. That That's one of... He gets a crown, so to speak. And this mantle of power. He, and he gets this power. They call it the Odin Force, but it's Because he's it's had not, it for freaking forever. It's not know. his. He it's, has been the, the, the all-father yeah. for... But it, it belongs with the title, mm-hmm. not with the person. Uh, so, so, Odin is out. Mm-hmm. Um, he beseeched Thor to, you know, not let Galactus get the seed. But now he did not give Thor... The Odin power. Right. So Odin is unconscious. Thor and all the rest of the Asgardians are just regular. They're as regular as, you know, as they typically are. Galactus, however, recovers just fine. Mm -hmm. And he gets up and says, okay, now I am done with this. I'm I'm tired. I'm going to play no more. I'm going to end this. And Silver Surfer comes up to him and says, please don't. Because you may win, but I know that these Asgardians will not stop fighting you until they're dead. Mm -hmm. And in the process, 
you're going to completely destroy what it is you're going after because it's going to be destroyed in this fight. That doesn't make any sense that there's there's no point in doing that. Right. Well, I don't I don't necessarily think that Odin is or that Galactus is really dissuaded by that. No, not at all. He has he's focused. He's got a goal and he's not giving up the goal. So we cut back to Asgard, the castle Asgard. Uh, now all of the other Asgardians that are there are running to confront the Broxton peoples because now they're aware that a force is coming on Asgard. Mm-hmm. Little do they know that they're just regular humans. I mean, they're not going to be able to do much. Right. But, but that's not the point. They're rushing out. Loki is kind of sneaking through them as they're rushing by. He goes to the rupture that allows access to the roots of the world tree. Uh, this we saw way back in uh, the very first story arc by right, when, Kieran Gillen. When Thor and Sif went down there to get the seed, and Loki followed. Right, yeah, the the world tree having been upset by the world eaters uh, in their battle. and Well, in order to, to defeat the, the world eaters, Thor had, Thor to, had, to, damage had to damage the tree. Right, and that, that like opened up a crevasse that gave access to the roots. So Loki now takes uh, a, a thread from his cloak and ties it to anchor himself, mm-hmm. basically. And he jumps into the energy nimbus filling of the crevasse that leads to the roots of the world tree with the seed in tow. Mm-hmm. All the while chanting to himself, the wise women. Just, just trust them. Just trust the wise Believe ones. <laughs> the mad desert women. Yep. Because they have told him that he can fix everything, apparently, by doing this. Right. And and But what he is after, supposedly, is he just wants to save Asgard. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's doing these things, is to save Asgard. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily to fulfill some major plan of his, although right. I'm sure There's a plan he somewhere. has a plan. Not to necessarily just do something to benefit himself or give himself power or any altruistic he just wants to save Asgard, or more specifically, Thor. Mm-hmm. He wants to protect Thor. Mm-hmm. He has asked for advice from these desert women, and they have told him that this is what you need to do to accomplish that goal. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, that's why he's doing it. Um, if, if that weren't true, knowing what the seed is, he I would think he would have kept it and yes. just gone on his merry way. Yes. But he is jumping into this pit, I assume... We don't see in this issue, but I assume to put the seed back mm-hmm. or to do something and activate it and cause it to replace the world or something. Yes. Uh, final two pages of the book, we cut back to the uh, assault on Asgard by the peoples of Broxton. The Broxtonians and the Asgardians are out front discussing things when Galactus approaches Asgard. Galactus in a uh, in a form and I, I think he can vary his form because he's pretty much just an energy creature. But in a form that is probably 50 or 60 feet high, mm-hmm. five or six stories maybe. He's he, he's walking across the deserts of Kansas from where he crash landed after his fight towards Asgard. Because he wants the seed. Mm-hmm. And 
as he's approaching, Volstagg convinces him that we can get back to this, but now we are no longer the enemy. He is. the preacher. Yes, yeah. the, the leader of the Broxtonians. That's, that's the new enemy, and we need to get together to fight him. So the preacher says, well, not a problem. That's fine. And he grabs up his bullhorn that he's been using, and he approaches to talk to him. And the way this is portrayed by the creator of the book is here is this Protestant conservative preacher out in the buckle of the Bible Belt approaching this creature that seemingly could be God. His God, but here's this simple man with no powers approaching this massive world-devouring entity, and it's man versus a God at the very least, mm -hmm. if not God, if not his God, perhaps. So that that's that's obviously the way they're, they're portraying this. So the preacher with his bullhorn in his Bible walks and is, is approaching this 60-foot-tall Galactus to parlay, and that is where the, the book ends. Yes. So that was that was a pretty good issue. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm kind of glad now to start maybe seeing things come to a to a head. Um, reading and, and and looking at battle scenes is cool, but issue after issue after issue of battle scenes right. gets kind of dull. We need to get the story moving along yeah, and not yeah, just have all the action. Let's get some plot going here. We understand that it's a massive major battle and all that. You know, that's cool. Um, to me, you can pretty much do that in one book. But mm -hmm. the battle's been going on, what, at least this is into its third book. Yeah. I think that the ba So, yeah, let's – Loki's been sneaking around and doing this and that. Let's see what he's doing. Let's see how it affects. Let's see what happens to Galactus. Let's, Let's see about this wound that Thor has. It's glowing like the World Tree Roots. I want to see what's going on with that. Yeah. In, in the I mean, it's mentioned once again in this book. Um, the Silver Surfer says, oh, Thor, what's that on your side? And Thor's like, it's a wound. It hurts. Let's move. Yeah. yeah let's keep fighting. Yeah. Well, in the midst of this battle, I mean, whatever it is about that wound, it's freaky enough that Silver Surfer stops fighting for uh -huh. a minute and says, "What's that? What's that?" <laughs> so, and and again, this is a wound that Thor acquired. The very first book. He was bitten by the guardians of the roots of the World Tree when he and Sif went down there to first extract the seed. Mm -hmm. So that was. Well, this is the fifth book. That was book one. So he's he's been walking around with this wound for five issues now. Glowing and seeping. Um, and they. Yeah, oozing. Oozing like energy or mm -hmm. something. Yeah, so is he going to, like, turn into one? Who knows? So, okay. All right, there we go, guys. Um, I, I think that's it for us here on this end. Yes. Um, definitely want to thank everybody for listening and for mm -hmm. downloading. If you do want to leave us some feedback. Which we can, had none of, so you, we have none to discuss. Right. So you can you can do so at themightythorpodcast at gmail.com. It's all one word, of course, but you comicbooknoise.com slash Thor is the website for the podcast. Uh, you can leave a comment associated... Actually, you can leave a comment associated with any of the shows. And periodically, I'll go back and look and see. So, I mean, you can leave a comment for five shows ago, and I'll, I'll still see it and pick it up. 
and we have the Mighty Thorcast fan page on Facebook. I post links to the shows when they go up on the Comic Book Noise site so that you see it if you have subscribed now. Subscribe to that page on Facebook, which, by the way, over the next couple of weeks is supposed to undergo a complete change. And you can also leave comments attached to those posts on the fan page. Um, I know I mention it every time, but don't forget iTunes reviews. Those are cool. And I, I believe that's all the, like, commercial technical kind of stuff. That's all the, the ads we have this issue. Unfortunately, we don't get paid for any of our ads. So. <laughs> all right. So I guess if that's all. That's all for me. All right, thanks a lot, guys, and we will shoot you another show here in the next couple weeks. The next episode will be the 1966 volume of Mighty Thor, issues 146 and 147, and the 2011 volume of Journey into Mystery, issue 627. We'll talk to you guys then. Bye. This is a Teal Production.